Hey there, Freedom Fighters. I'm finally indoors. Um, joining me is Lucas Martinez. He is the founder of Talent.com. How much did you pay for that domain? <laughs> we still can't say that. <laughs> there is a, there is a, we're on the contract and we're, we, 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 we're not allowed to say, but Seriously? in the lower six uh, figures. Low six yeah. figures. So we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, not closer to a million. That is a fan-freaking-tastic domain name for the business that you're in. Lucas Martinez is the co-founder and now CEO of Talent. It's a portal that aggregates both uh, job ads that are posted online by recruiters as well as ads from third party. Basically, they want to have every single job site, job listing on the internet on their site. Am I right about that, Lucas? It's exactly right. Thank you. What percentage would you say you've gotten to right now? Uh, it's a hard one to know. We will always track finding new uh, new websites to crawl and new career sites that appear, uh, new companies that, that, that pop up, and we're always on the lookout. Um, I hope that we have at least 80 to 90% of the market by now. So you really would want, if, if Mixergy, my site, had Mixergy.com slash jobs, and I posted even using a WordPress page, a job listing, I see your eyes light up. You're like, yeah, of course. You want to... Have your system scrape that, put it in your network, and then if somebody comes to talent.com and searches for a job like the one that I listed, you'll show it to them and then send them over to my site. That's your model. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the goal. So it's, uh, right now it's semi-automated, and so meaning that we have, uh, we have people actually on the lookout for it, and they have to teach the machine and how to look for jobs in that particular page. Once you do it once, they come back and come back and come back and do it themselves. But the goal is to fully automate it at some point. Okay, I should say, by the way, it's kind of weird to be recording inside. Ever since I got to Austin, I've been recording from different places. And for the last few months, I recorded outside here in our giant uh, outside. I don't even know if I could call it a backyard. Lots of space. And then uh, a, f a friend of a friend came over here and set me up with a studio. It feels so exciting to actually have things set up. Look at the color of the wall over there. Look at these freaking shelves. Are they beautiful? Uh, well, you, it, it looks like an amazing place. I, I wish you could show me around. but I, I guess we, And I put the today. desk on wheels so that I could have different positions. Anyway, I freaking love recording in here, but it's still new. I see some challenges. Hopefully someone in the audience will tell me what the sound is like for them. Give me some feedback on how it's sounding because really, as exciting as it is for me, I care about what the audience thinks. Um, and so my email address is andrew at mixergy.com if you can just give me some feedback on it, andrew at mixergy.com. Um, and I should say this interview is sponsored by two companies. The first, I asked you if you wanted me and if you were okay with me talking about them. It's a company that matches my audience with developers for hire. It's called Lemon.io. And you said, yeah, of course, let's do it. So we'll talk about them. And then also, if you're doing email marketing, I'll tell you later on, everyone, why you should go to sendinblue.com slash mixergy. But Lucas, I did a lot of yapping. Let's have you talk. What's the revenue right now at Talent? Um, so last year, um, we generated $100 million. Hundred million dollars. Yes, it took a while though. <laughs> it didn't, how, didn't happen overnight. <laughs> how many years did it take to get here? You guys founded what, twenty eleven? Yes, we founded in twenty eleven exactly. And uh, you know, like first year, like fifty thousand dollars. So you know, we went <laughs> we went through a long way to get to uh, to to where we are today. You know. The thing is, by 2011, there were tons of job sites. One of the few categories that actually made it out of the first internet bubble, the one that popped, was, was job sites. It was dating, 
job sites, kind of, you could say some search engines, Google and Yahoo survived, but jobs existed. What did you feel at 2011 was missing? Uh, what, what we felt was missing at the time, and this is my colleague, Ben, uh, who uh, we started the company with, um, that, you know, like when he was looking for a job, and I actually came from a need, like really, like realizing that, oh, when I look for a job in those traditional sites from, from before, right, those monsters and the career builders of the day, um, is that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see every single job available in, an, in a particular economy. So let's say you, you, you are from Chicago and you want to look for jobs in finance in Chicago, you would only see jobs that companies would have paid to display um, on those sites in Chicago, right? And yeah. the reality is that you could actually, there were so many more because on career sites, you have so many more jobs on those in those companies. And that's that, that was the goal. We like get every single job available in a particular economy. So sites like Monster at the time worked, if I understand it right, where companies had to actually actively list on them or else those jobs were absent from the sites. Exactly. They would they would appear on the the career sites of those large and mid-sized companies who had what we call application tracking systems, ATSs. Yes. Um, um, but if they they wouldn't yeah, exactly. If they wouldn't pay those sites, they wouldn't appear. And so you would have to go individually on every single of those large, you know, folks two thousand websites to see everything that was available. And that here the value of proposition for the candidate was like, hey, on this site, you would be able to see every single job available on our platform. Talk to me about where the idea came from, because it's it's impressive that you got here with so many freaking competitors. And as you told me before we got started, you almost could have been crushed by them. And there was a year when you nearly did. But it happened because your co-founder was looking for a job in finance and he wanted to know all the jobs. Why? It's not. I thought in finance, Lucas, the way to do it is ask a few friends, look at the few firms that you really care about and move on, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point. It's a good point. I think it's really because, you know, when, when you look for a job, like uh, the job search is extremely aspirational and you want to know, like you, you, on average, candidates go to between 12 and 15 different sites because they don't have the same searches on, all the, on all those job sites. And he wanted to see it all in one single place instead of going and wasting time in all those different sites before he could actually find his dream job. And he said, I can do better. I can actually create a crawler um, that, go, that would go on all those sites and make sure that I could just do one single search and see every single job available that I'm looking for in, in, in this particular area. So basically recreating a Google, but for jobs. And then when you had that idea, why didn't you think Google's going to do it? They're already aggregating all the, I guess at that point, they were already doing airlines, right? No, I don't. I, they were not doing airlines at that point. Uh, it came a bit later. Um, but if you think about it, like, um, I don't think Google has been extremely good at, maybe at some, but like not very good at vertical search engines in some spaces they're doing a bit better than others but still you know like skyscanner is still there even flights right despite google um and doing extremely well and others as well hotels the same shopping as well the same thing there is a problem with the antitrust laws as well where maybe they cannot do exactly what they want there um, but the reality they tried with jobs as well um and the the results are not so good because the information in the job space is not structured or is structured, but it's very, it's very scattered all around with 
full of jobs um, from placement agencies, job boards, corporate sites, and some sometimes at the same jobs. The information is extremely difficult to actually get it to get right. Um, and so when they went after it, actually Google went after it and they tried, the results were actually average, uh, to say the least. And so I think that this is where specialization here in this aspect was, was key. Uh, and you see players like us and others that are doing better, a better job than they do. Um, and this is, uh, and, 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 and actually it sees when you look at traffic on our site, people come and, and stay and stay for a long time. All right. He said, I'm looking for a job in finance. I'm going to scrape job boards and see if I could put something together. That's not something you do when you're really looking for a job in finance, right? That's something that you do when you say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's an entrepreneurial opportunity here, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he, he's one of those uh, people that, you know, like when, when he has an idea, he really focuses on it and just like spends his life uh, just getting that right. And so the reality, he wasn't even a developer. And so he started to develop before he had a, he had another idea uh, where he learned how to code by creating another another website. Um, worked well, learned for him how to code in PHP and learn all the all the all the you know all the um, all the things he had to know to really like uh, build his own crawler. Um, he built his own crawler uh, you know, by adding every single job available at the time in, in, in Quebec, in our own little region, you know, in, in Canada. Um, and this is, this is how everything started, that we had to figure it out how to make money. <laughs> and this was, uh, was it Maxime or Benjamin? It was Benjamin. It was Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> did, the, did the three of you have another business together? Was there something that you did that led you to start a company at this point? Yeah, so the the way it, so I I started with Maxime uh, back in Switzerland. Um, Maxime uh, was in got to know Ben already in Switzerland as well because his parents were actually sent to work in Switzerland from Canada, and so they met there at a, at an earlier age. They always kept together, um, and actually Maxime after university after college when we we, we were both working in London, he uh, he he introduced me to Ben. Um, and uh, because they were close friends and, and, and Maxim already had invested uh, in Ben because he, he, he believed that he was uh, an amazing personality, an amazing entrepreneur, and, uh, and he already had started a first uh, site uh, in, uh, in the car trust, in the car leasing. Car leasing. Uh, it was market. called yeah. uh, Vroom, V-R-O-U-M, pronounced Vroom.ca. So it was a Canadian site. Related to getting rid of, I guess, car leases, right? Where if you have a car and you want to sell it, it's easy. If you have a car that's leased and you want to sell it or the equivalent, you can't. That's you what it. that site was. Exactly. You got it. And this is how Ben really got to learn uh, all the tricks. And uh, and his idea after that was to say, okay, like I want to create something else. Um, at first, he, wanted, he had this idea of creating a, a competitor to PayPal. They thought that oh, that might be a bit too uh, mm -hmm. too uh, too complex in terms of regulations at first uh, at that time, and so he thought, you know what, um, I'm more passionate about jobs, um, and this is when he decided to uh, to uh, you know to to create Nouveau at the time. <laughs> and he sold his previous company, Vroom, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. He Big exit. It. Well, it was an average exit. It was a, it was a smaller business that you know it could have been a lot bigger if we'd, if 
if he, he would have focused on this. But the reality um, that is that uh, the, the total addressable market in the job space um, and the, the value proposition, like the vision that we had for jobs was, uh, was a lot bigger. bigger. Um, and so we thought that, well, let's put this aside and let's focus on jobs. Is it fair to say that he was really on the hunt for a new business idea, right? He wasn't a guy who was saying, how do I get a job now that I sold my previous company? I might want to work. And it was more like if I wanted to search for another job in finance. And I know that he had one before. He was at the National Bank of Canada for a couple of years. It's more like him saying, if I wanted to, what would it look like? Ah, this is really difficult. I think we could do better. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's 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 an entrepreneur. Uh, and he's he's here to solve problems that he faces in real life, um, and uh, and yeah, that was uh, that that was the whole premise of one of of Nuvo when we started. So then, why? And that was the the previous name to Talent before you called yes. it and got the domain <laughs> Talent.com. But why did he bring you in? If he's an entrepreneur already, why does he need you as a co-founder? Yeah, so uh, this is when, so Maxim originally invested, um, and I wouldn't say in the idea, but really in the in 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 the man, uh, in Ben, and uh, and at that time I was already extremely close with Max, and I was starting a career in 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 B two in B two B sales, and uh, Max recognized that oh jobs, it's a two sided marketplace. Um, you need a consumer side and you need a, and a business side, and so this is like when he told me, "Listen, I think you should talk to 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 Ben because Ben is great at product, um, but not so much at in sales." And, and I think the two of you would be a great match to match to to start, you know, like to light up um, the product and the and the business. So this is when we this is when. We contacted like with each other. We talked with each other. I flew to Montreal in December 2010 to uh, to meet Ben. Uh, I've heard of of him for like five five years already, and uh, and we hit it off. And one month later, I moved. <laughs> and your sales experience was where? What was it that you did that made you such a good salesperson? I don't know if I was such a good salesperson, but I started in a, in a, a, a TF, uh, which basically is, is a is a Swiss slash Swedish company um, that offers like English English um, lessons for 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 kids mostly as well as for corporations. And uh, I was selling at the time in in, in the Middle East, uh, so I was uh, based out of London, but mainly based out of Dubai. Um, for uh, selling English language courses for uh, for for large organizations and governments in the Middle East. That was what you were doing, finding the big organizations to partner up with. They would then bring this to their members' kids, if I understand it's, right. What, well, that that was the other side of the business at EF, but like what I was selling here was just like four large corporations uh, basically teaching English uh, for their own employees. To their staff. Got it. Yeah, to their staff. Yeah. Okay. By the way, so I'm in this office. Here's a problem that I'm seeing. First of all, there is too much echo in here. Echo drives me freaking crazy. And as much as we've padded it and we have all this stuff, it's too echoey anyway. Number two, we have Windows, which... The problem with recording on video is that windows let light in and then they don't as the sun goes in front of and behind trees. It just, it drives me crazy. So I think we need better window coverings and I think I need more, I don't know, not sound panelings. We decided not to do that. 
Are you obsessed? You're obsessive about details too, right? Like for you, it may not be this kind of detail, but you're kind of an obsessive personality. You were telling me about how you you were playing table tennis, right? Talk about how far you got with table tennis and what you had to do to get there as a kid. Yeah, well, I I I won uh, I, I won quite a few times. Uh, I'm from Switzerland, right? So I played for the Swiss national team. Uh, for for quite a few years, won uh, won a few a few titles there in the in the more junior categories, uh, and obviously played quite a quite a lot worldwide. Um, you know, a lot of uh, uh, European championships, world championships, things like that. That was a, that was a lot of fun, and yeah, I was uh, was playing a lot. Um, so I was uh, I was playing like forty hours a, a week uh, during many years um, during my youth, and uh, and yeah, so I'm pretty obsessive. Uh, when I couldn't play, I would uh, I would. I would play uh, with my racket against uh, against the wall in my parents' place, um, and now in our house for four hours and bothering my parents with a with a little with a little ball Which against sound the wall. Going, so. pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Pretty much. Pop, pop. And yeah. table tennis is in the Olympics. <laughs> yes, it is. Since uh, nineteen eighty-eight. How yes. close did you get to being on the Olympic team? Uh, so th- it's one of those sports where it's not. Um, the top three or four of every single country that goes, but really like the best in the world. Mm. And so I think at the time, um, Europe had maybe like 30, 30 places. Um, and so we played uh, the, the qualifyings once, but like uh, didn't make it, didn't happen. At some point, it, it was time to decide between college um, and, and sport. And uh, I went the other route. How do you accept that? Like as a person who wanted it, who dreamt about it, who saw yourself doing it, how do you then dare to try to do something else that's big when you tried this and it didn't work out? Well, I, th- I think I didn't accept it yet. Uh, I still, I think it's been 18 years, 19 years. I really like haven't really played at a high level and I still dream about it. I still dream about it that I'm playing or that I'm, I'm in competitions um, and that I can make it. And so I guess... This is a very telling. I guess it's it's. I really, really, really haven't really gone over it. Um, and I guess this is something that I will that will always, you know, pinch my heart because it didn't it didn't happen. You know what? I have to say I like that answer more than the one that maybe you should have given, which is well, I learned that I had this other path. What I feel like I don't want to give up on things that matter to me, and I'm almost gonna die feeling like maybe I can still do it. Um, or, or the, at least yeah, accepting that yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. do it. All right. Yeah, I it, was say, a, it, was a, it was a hard decision for sure. Yeah. And it still is, I guess. Yeah. My first uh, sponsor is Lemon.io. The reason you are okay with Lemon being a sponsor is your models are different. What Lemon does is they are a matchmaking service, right? You are not a matchmaking service. You're a self-serve listing site. This is an experience where they say, look, you come to us, tell us what you're hiring for, tell us your needs, and we will match you. And I know that they do this personally because I've seen the founder get in an email chain with people in my audience who have asked for help, and he will jump in there to make sure that people have uh, a match. That is why they're able to give you the 24-hour miraculous match guarantee. They will take care of you with concierge service. They'll also give you uh, developers at only 36 to 56 percent of the cost and the way they do that is because they go to parts of the world where frankly developers earn less money now some people have been apparently upset about that but 
it's still higher than they would earn if they were getting local jobs. And so those developers are happy to work on the Lemon.io platform. If you're looking to get started, you should know you get 24-hour match guaranteed. You've got um, a multi-stage vetting process in your in your favor. You've got an account manager who's assigned to your project. You've got live support, real people there. And it's a phenomenal company that will give you even a lower rate if you use my URL. And that URL is lemon.io slash Mixergy. Lemon.io slash M-I-X-E-R-G-Y. Thanks to them for sponsoring. Okay, so now you're scraping. That part feels like it's not easy, but it's it's manageable. Your part seems hard. Now, did you have you didn't have a business model from the beginning, right? You just knew if we could get all the job listings on the internet or, or as close to that as possible, people will come to our site, then we could figure something out. Talk to me about the different pivots that you personally had to go through to figure out what the business model was and where the revenue would be. Yeah, I think it's a it's a pivot pivot in caps because we pivoted every single month for like <laughs> I think for like a year, um, and the the reason is because I guess we we were not from the industry, so we didn't have that 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 like clear idea of how we were gonna monetize. We knew from the get go that we had to figure it out. Um, pay-per-click advertising in our space is now the norm and that's this is how we monetize today but it wasn't the norm you know 12 years ago when we started when we first started it was still a world where you had to pay to post um, and so we, we we went through that and we went through different business models but and we started with postings um, but it didn't scale um, meaning charge when, people to post listings on your site but why? Why would they? Why would anyone pay when your whole model is to scrape their sites and post it for free anyway? And this is a very good question that I've been asked also Got when it. we first started. And this is this is why maybe sometimes you don't have to be too smart when you're when you're an entrepreneur, right? You gotta. Got it. <laughs> the you good said, thing look, is that we were. <laughs> it, it's not the right decision, and in retrospect, it was yeah. it was off. But it's one of the things that you considered. You said, "Look, we're we're scraping the sites," and I guess I could kind of see it. Maybe some people want to curate their own listing decide what goes on your site, adjust it. Okay, so how did you know that model failed? What told you that that wasn't where the revenue would be? It didn't, It didn't. we had to re- resell all the time and it didn't felt right because it just like we had, even if we provided results, I needed to be all the time there, you know, going after the clients and make sure, do you have a new need? You have a new need, you have a new need. Oh, and really? So, okay. And so this was the previous model. And so we we understood that if we were going to scale, um, we, we had to find a way where we could make money while we were sleeping. Um, and, and this is, we, we started with different different models first, but it really it's really when we understood that um, we were very similar to Google, um, us even buying traffic, user traffic on Google, um, when we realized that, we realized that, okay, this is what we are. We are vertical search engine in jobs, and this is how we have to monetize. But again, the good thing is that you don't have to have too much ego in your ideas because the reality is that uh, most of them fail that first year. And when we realized that and we made the switch, this is when things started to look better for us. Give me, give me another one of the failed business model approaches that maybe seemed right at the time <laughs> bounty hunter where basically you could look for jobs and uh, we would uh, we would say you know we would basically 
incentivize candidates to refer someone um, and 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 pay a fee um, for placement by ah. the company, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and that was that. That, that that massive fail. No one actually was. You know what? There were models it. like that. I remember yeah. in the hacker news community, right, where the models were aimed at companies. They would say to companies, "Your people know the right people for you to hire. You want more people like the ones who are in your office anyway. Offer them a bounty and." send them off to go and recruit their friends or classmates and so on. Exactly. I see. And so I get why you would want to offer that on your site. And you say, okay, we'll put that into our site and see if that works. That didn't work. How did you know that didn't work? Again, again, it was the same thing. Uh, well, first of all, on this side, on the candidate side, people were not going through the motion. They were not interested in actually providing candidates. Um, and that's because we also assumed that we had more of a white-collar population, but the reality was more of a blue-collar population that we had on our site. And they were not really keen on, you know, like, you know, you know ref- refer people around them. Um, and so the, 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 the yeah, um, they were just not using the, 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 that product. And so we decided to just, that's it, you know. And again, like it was, it, it just, with us having millions of jobs on our platform, um, just having one client for one job and for one bounty just didn't make sense again. And so the good thing is that we had an accelerated curve, <laughs> an accelerated uh, course on the industry because we tried every single model that was available out there. And I could, and now I can actually tell, we can actually tell why it didn't work. Um, and so that really helped us get to where we are today. And actually, I, I think it really helped. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder, how do you know if an idea doesn't work or maybe you just didn't execute right or didn't give it enough time? Like, frankly, doing these interviews for a long time, nobody was listening. And then eventually people suddenly came. But it took a little <laughs> while to get traction. How did you know if the ideas that you were discarding were just too early? Maybe they needed a little more time or not. Oh, that's it's a it's a it's a fair point. First of all, I'm extremely impatient, <laughs> so, so that's not a very good trait of character. Um, but uh, extremely impatient, and but at the same time, we had to be impatient because we had twelve months of run rate. We had twelve months of run rate. We didn't have we didn't raise money. It was uh, it was a bit of money that um, that Maxime um, had put in the business from from his bonus working in finance. Okay, um, and that's it. And so we couldn't. We, 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 we couldn't afford to actually, you know, work on those ideas. But at the same time, they just didn't feel right every single time. Didn't feel right on the candidate side. Didn't feel right on the, on the, on the employer side neither, neither. And so we had to move on quickly. Okay. Talking about that, you needed to raise money. It seems like you've gotten to tens of thousands in revenue in what the first year you said fifty thousand I think was your first year revenue right? Yeah, so fifty thousand, um, and that's from all these churn, little experiments. <laughs> that's from the experiments yes. of you going to, and it's how were you even able to get to fifty thousand dollars considering how little you had in place? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was 
you know, I, I arrived in a country that I didn't know. I used to, you know, I, I like to say the joke that, you know, and it's true, actually, I called the, the equivalent of Walmart in Canada and I thought it was a bank. And so I was like cold calling someone and that was, I thought it was a bank, but it was a retailer. Uh, and so the reality is I was making like probably between 120 and 130 calls a day um, and trying to meet every single person around. And I think, um, I think, yeah, I mean, just, you know, giving giving some free, not too much, but people were like willing to help as well um, to, 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 to try us. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it worked, but it worked. Again, not enough. But. And 20 calls a day. You would sit down. Oh, your eyes just went. I wish people could watch just the clips that are important to this because when I said that, your eyes just suddenly settled to, this is serious. Yes, I did that. You sat down. 100 plus phone calls a day just working the phone and some people would say yes and it seems to me that even if you have a bad product if it's if it's reasonably close in the hiring space especially at that time businesses were willing to pay because you're not charging them a lot of money it's a small portion of their budget they need to spend money to recruit right and they're looking for new avenues and so you had that going for you Yes, it's exactly that. It's we, we have, we're extremely lucky that it's not a one player takes it all market, and so you have different sites that compete, different uh, products that compete as well, um, and and we all play our part in the ecosystem. But as you say, um, employers have a budget, and again, they have a very strong incentive to diversify their their recruitment spend. Um, and so they always have budget for new ideas, new new players. Um, and so that's what I was going for. I was never trying to replace the market leaders at the time, but really going to try to go for that little budget so that I could actually test our assumptions and see if our product worked. Um, and the idea, you know, that first year, the reality is like most of the, the companies we were talking to, like they couldn't even say what we were doing because we switched the model too fast. And that was like our, our you know, reputation in that local market of Montreal. How did you keep yourself going at that period? There's so many people who are already successful with online businesses. Your friends were doing better than you were that year. How did you keep yourself going? Oh, we were extremely motivated. We were extremely motivated uh, as, as founders. Why? What motivated um, you personally, Lucas? What was it that made you say, I've got to do this? The adventure. I mean, I always wanted to be part of, the, of an adventure like this in business school. Uh, you know where I come from in Switzerland, everyone works in banking or in watches or in pharma. It's difficult. It, it, the startup world was, was just in the US. You know, that's what you would hear from Europe at the time, you know, coming from Switzerland. Um, and being able to to be part of it, an adventure like this, it was like being back at table tennis again, you know, being back at sports again, and being back and just like being able to compete and be, you know, tr- trying to become the best again. And that was the, the 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 main driver here. Okay, so now you're continuing, and meanwhile, you say we're going to run out of money unless we do something fast. When you went out to look for funding, what was the challenge? Why why didn't anyone see what you saw? Uh, I think several things here, but I think the main one is that um, many aggregators or quite a few aggregators during the tech bubble went busted um, and it was hard like for what? them. Uh, I, I won't name them, but why not? a few. But they're, they're gone. 
Well, no, some some are still trying to make it happen. So I won't. I won't, I won't. <laughs> you mean in the in the job placement in the job search yeah, yeah, category, uh, yeah. there were enough players that were <clears throat> aggregating and didn't make it. That yeah, a lot exactly, of investors yeah. said, "Look, mm-hmm. if they didn't make it, Lucas, this is just not. It's not a viable option." Exactly, and so that's that. That's what happened. But uh, and 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 so it was hard. We tried in Montreal, and at the time, Maxime was in a, in a, in a, in doing an MBA in Madrid at IE, um, and he was using every single of his course at the MBA to talk <laughs> about the company because and trying to raise. Uh, money with uh, you know it's it's kind of an entrepreneur kind of MBA as well. Uh, a lot of uh, business angels and small funds are around the MBA there in Madrid, and uh, and so he he was he was talking to everyone for like a year, um, and uh, and yeah, it, it, it was hard. But at the end of the day, we managed to find some some business angels that I believe up to this day believe more in the team than in the ID per se. What do they see in the team? That's a good question. Uh, I think relentless. How can I mean, they tell that you were relentless? Um, we were. I think Maxime was, um, you know, communicating with them every single every single week and month about what we were doing, uh, about the different <laughs> changes that we were that were operating in the business. He had created this CRM of potential business angels and letting them know every single month about where we were in terms of revenues, in terms of product development, um, so that we, so that they would, you know, bite. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he spent a lot of time with them, uh, getting to know them personally, telling them exactly what we what were doing. He committed personally to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm headed to Montreal right after the, the, the MBA as well. He's not from Montreal neither. He's from Switzerland as well. And so I think that. That mentality of you know also being, you know, humble in a sense that you know we 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 didn't know much, but we were ready to not working. To, but to here's what we're things. doing. Here's where we are exactly. constantly. Okay, I should say by the way, second sponsor, Send in Blue. By the way, Lucas, for anyone you know, this is an entrepreneur. Anyone who's building a business, one of the worst things is to have fixed costs. The problem with fixed costs is it's you working just to pay the bills. Fixed costs are the ones that come up month after month, no matter what. The beauty of Send in Blue is they do email marketing that starts out inexpensive and stays inexpensive for the life of the relationship that you have with them. And they do more than email marketing. They do SMS marketing, landing pages, conversion. They do so much. I want you to go and check them out and get an even lower price than their other customers by going to my URL, it is sendinblue.com slash Mixergy. Sendinblue.com slash Mixergy. How are you doing on time, by the way? I heard you typing over there. It feels like you've got to tell someone that you're running a little late. Oh, no, no, no. I'm totally good. I'm actually, are you I was good? actually going on, on mute because I was coughing. Oh. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like I dig what you're doing, just constantly going through and trying and, and adjusting. Was there one breakthrough that was enough to show investors these, these guys, they have it. They figured something out. Maybe they could get a few more breakthroughs and it'll work out. Did any of that happen before you raised money? No, not even. I think we raised it more or less at the time we switched the model to, to pay-per-click advertising, which was working. I think we, we were going through that, but we had no... We explained it that we were going through that, but we had no, you know, data point to say like, "Hey, it's gonna work." So the reality is that they really believe that, you know, we could. They saw the twists and turns over over one year already on all the different, 
you know, like mm-hmm. is there someone typing near you? We had. Oh no. No. Oh, okay. It sounds like sausage, just maybe it's my my hand. Sorry. <laughs> Why and, Montreal? Uh, by the way, yeah. you talked about how it it showed that your co-founder was determined because he was willing to fly and move into Montreal. Why not San Francisco? Yeah, that's one of the questions that we got a lot. Like, hey, why not San Francisco? And um, um, and I, I'm actually extremely glad we, we did this in Montreal. Um, one, because um, we didn't have any visa to, to be, <laughs> no uh, one really? from, was from okay. the US. Um, and so Ben was from Montreal. Um, when I went to Montreal, then Max as well in Montreal. And the good thing about a, a place like Montreal is that you are in, 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 in the American time zone, which is great because innovation in our industry comes from the US. And so you want to be close to the big players that are in your time zone, um, be with them, hang around with them in the events. And yeah, and the other thing is that you, you everything is in French, right, in Quebec. So you not every single US player uh, is in Quebec because they just, don't want to translate everything into French, you know, like they have better fish to fry. Um, and so we, you, you can kind of, you, you kind of see everything that's going on in the U S and you compete in your own little, you know, like Asterix kingdom, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and that really helped us because we were able to, to make mistakes at a, at a, at a cheap cost. Were you, um, were you publishing in French? Well, yeah, every single job was at first we was just in French when we first started oh, in Quebec. Got it. And so this yeah. gave you a place to compete without a lot of competitors, small market. You could do well yeah. in it. And then if you did, you could expand. Got it. Got it. And so I exactly. see the advantage then of being meanwhile, you're close enough to the U.S. that you can learn from what's going on in the U.S., but you're isolated enough that they're not coming in and creating a French site quickly. Got it. All right. Let's talk about traffic then, and we can close it out with this. So now you're starting to figure out the model, post-job sites. What are some of the mistakes that you made until you figured out how to get traffic and what's working for you now? Uh, so, I mean, we still make mistakes when we talk about traffic um, because when you talk about traffic, it's also about matching, right? It's the quality of that traffic and matching the right candidates to the right jobs. And I think this we, we, we keep learning every single day. Um, and it's an ever-evolving, you know, um, world there to attract candidates to our platform. Um, when we first started, um, we we most we started with a bit of SEM, you know, like um, AdWords and others uh, being advertising, um, and we we didn't know that we didn't, you know, we again we were not product people. We didn't really understand how the world worked at the time. Um, but one of the mistakes we we made was not to have much retention, you know, not to create users and make sure that they would come back for free, you know, on our platform. Um, so what, that was the biggest mistake we were committing at first, but very quickly we realized that, hey, actually people want to sign up. They want to see the new jobs on their email, on their email every single morning. Um, so we had that first iteration of our email alerts with a, with a little coffee on an email, <laughs> uh, a, a JPEG of a coffee when you would wake up and see the new jobs uh, appearing on your on your emails. And that really changed the business fundamentally because, you know, we were, we were at first we sent, you know, 100 emails to users and today we send 1 billion emails per month. 
um, to, 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 to candidates. And it's a big reason why we got to where we are today. I think 40% of our traffic today is still coming from emails. And today we are still learning. You know, we, we're going into those new platforms, going where uh, younger generations are. Um, we buy from the different traffic places you could find. Um, as well as uh, you know SEO, uh, and now we're going into brand, and this is something completely new for us. And this is the reason why we bought the domain talent.com. It used to be called Nuvo, which just means new, right? So Nuvo is uh, that's another of uh, Ben's inventions here. Is uh, the reality is that the, the, the <clears throat> it was all the do domain names were taken uh, in the job space, and so we went through Google Translate, and he found uh, advisor in Finnish was Nuvo. Uh, it was fun while it lasted, but the reality is our major markets are Ang Anglophones. It's the US, Canada, and the UK. And, uh, and no one can actually pronounce EU properly. Uh, and so it just didn't make much sense over the long run to keep with Nouveau. Uh, yeah, Google Translate doesn't show anything for it. Even when I do Finnish, it gives me a translation error. So I guess it's a word uh, that you created? You, you know, you need to write an E-U-V-O-O in Finnish or Suomi. Um, N-E-U-V-O-O. But... Yeah, that's weird. Okay. It means advisor in a locally, yeah. All right. And so it was you buying traffic, see if that works. And some of it worked, some of it didn't. You had to learn how to buy the right kind of traffic that would then you buy low, then people come to a site with lots of jobs. Hopefully they click an ad on your site that you make more in pay-per-click, right? So that's one of the models. The other model was to say, okay, let's start collecting email addresses. And I noticed that right away on your homepage you're asking people to sign in. And so that allows you to bring in people again and again and bring repeat traffic. Then you said you went to where people are. What was it that you were doing there? Just buying social media ads? Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Social okay. media is definitely a part of what we're doing today and we're evolving. I think the next for us is we don't, you know, until now, the company was always profitable. So we 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 didn't have the means to really create all the all the products we wanted. But now we, we since the last raise early this year, we've been able to, uh, to 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 invest more into product. And right now, we're going to invest into having our own app. Finally. Um, and we're going to be able to actually enhance our, our, uh, you know, um, our, our product there as well. And uh, we're very much looking forward to that. All right. Profitable company, 100 million in revenue last year. You've raised money. What was the last raise? I thought it was 54 million. Am I remembering right? So this was a Series A, um, and so it was mostly secondary to get the business angels um, out because they wanted to see the color of the money. Okay. Um, and so the last round was in January. We raised 120 million 120. plus 30 million in debt. Plus 30. Wow. Okay. So all that to say, you're doing freaking phenomenal for yourself after all that trouble. What did you get for yourself? I see you're smiling. We, we know what we're talking about, right? All those years of struggle where you were not making anything, where you were trying to figure it out, competing, smart people telling you were wrong. You finally did it. What are you getting now? What are you doing to, to treat yourself a little bit? Did you get a boat? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. That's no, not... Uh, none we, of it. We know. Uh, I think we are... Um, 
we we still we have we don't have this feeling of uh, what what's happening right now. You, you kind of hope that it would happen on year one or year two. You know when you are when you are you know, as an entrepreneur, but I think success doesn't happen over time. And now we all have kids, all of our lives. We never you know we we never we never had this millionaire's life, you know, like, and so what's happening right now for us is completely new and we're approaching uh, our, our 40s and uh, and so we are a bit more settled in our way of thinking and our way of behaving as well. And so I think right now the goal is to keep our head down uh, and keep and keep, uh, and keep hustling because the reality is that we're still relatively unknown to the consumer um, and, and we have a lot of work to do if you want to become one of the largest shop sites in the planet. Um, and so we ha- we haven't, we don't have this feeling of having, making it, you know, like it doesn't feel this way when we, when, when the three of us talk to each other, we still have this feeling of there's a lot of things that we have to accomplish. All right. Well, I guess that's why you're doing this interview that you're trying to raise your profile and it's true. I didn't know where you were. I hadn't, I couldn't even find enough interviews <laughs> or anything to research you. So I'm glad that you're out there talking about it. Congratulations on the success of Talent. The site for everyone who wants to go check it out is talent.com. And I want to thank two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first is if you're looking to uh, hire developers, go to lemon.io slash Mixergy. They'll match you up. And the second, when you're doing email marketing, think beyond email marketing and think less per cost than you should, uh, than you would pay competitors. And that's what you have at sendinblue.com slash Mixergy. Lucas, thanks so much for being on here, man. Andrew, it was a pleasure being here. Same here. Bye, everyone.